Let's go out to North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You know him from Cleveland.com. His name is his name is Dan Lobby. He joins us here on the fan. Hello, Dan Canner Lima. Who are you choosing? Oh man, I don't know if I can choose. <laughs> no, don't choose. Two. Don't choose it. They're both. They, they, I, I don't want. Go, I don't want you to have your pick sides. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I got to go right down the middle here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, choose Owen or someone. I think that's a good choice there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Let me ask you, before we get into the Browns, um, you're a runner, if I remember correctly. Is that right? I am, yes. Okay. I've just started running. I basically, I've been trying to, I've, I, in the past year, I bought a house. I got the night show now. I, <laughs> I've had a kid. Like, it's been a lot for a year, and so I put on some pounds. And so, like, recently, I've decided to take up running a little bit. I've never been a runner before, though. Never been a runner. And so I've, I've started off, and I do, like, two-minute run, Two-minute walk, two-minute run, two-minute walk for like a half hour, and that's where I'm at currently. Am I off to a good start, or like what tips do you have for me to like make sure I continue to do this? Well, I'm just always for if you're getting out there and, and doing it, like that's that's the start, right? So if you're if you're at least starting, you know that's good. Um, you know the the slow ramp up is good. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to like hurt yourself, pull a muscle. So I think the slow ramp up is good, but. Um, you know, don't be afraid to test yourself a little bit, but okay. it's all about, it's all about pace. It's all about pace early. Don't worry as much about distance. Make sure you, you know, I should say, I'm sorry, the other way around. Don't worry so much about pace. Mm-hmm. Worry about how far you're going. That's what I should say. How far should I be going at this point? I, I've, I've been doing it for like three weeks now. Am I, am I, I'm going like two miles a day. Is that, is that too little? I mean, you'll know. You'll know. I, I think. I think that's a good start. If you haven't run before, I think two miles a day—that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a, that's a good start. But you'll know. Your body will tell you how far you should go. I think you could probably, you know, try adding a mile one day in the middle of the week and, okay. and see how you feel and kind of go from there. All right. I'll throw up and then I'll send you a text and be like, "Thank you, Dan. Thank you for the <laughs> yeah, encouragement." Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good thing. That means you're doing it right. <laughs> Only runners would think that. Like, yeah, that's great. You're you're pushing it in the right way. Way to go. I'd be like, "No, I just died. You don't understand. I don't. I have nothing left in me." Um. All right. Let's get to the Browns. I'm a little upset at the inaction. Before we diagnose and, and unwrap what happened with Donovan Peoples Jones now in Detroit, uh, were you surprised? Today came and went, and no wide receiver, no running back, no quarterback, nothing. So I wasn't surprised. I'm with you. I am a little disappointed, but I wasn't surprised because I think at this point we know Andrew Barry enough to understand that he's not going to overvalue an asset and give up too much, you know, to go get someone. Now I know someone out there might hear that and say, well, what about Deshaun Watson? But that was a guy you viewed as a potential franchise quarterback. And that's different. All bets are off when you're talking about a guy who, who could be a franchise quarterback. Outside of that, we know Andrew's not going to overvalue an asset and overpay for an asset. That's just not how he does business. So I'm not surprised if the, if the right deal wasn't out there for them to go land another quarterback, go add to the wide receiver room, whatever it was. Uh, but I am still a little disappointed that they didn't do something today to kind of bolster this roster. Yeah, I guess the part that surprised me was that and you're right, you're 100% right about Andrew Barry and how we know how he thinks, but uh, you'd think maybe they'd take a different approach if they thought they were on the hot seat in any sort of way, as if this year they had to win games, because you can't take the picks with you if you're fired. Yeah, I mean, you, you always have to factor that in, and, you know, I think it's hard at this point to to know for certain if anyone's on the hot seat, because you're sitting here at 4-3, and three, you still have kind of everything in front of you. Um, and, I, and I think, once again, though, just what we know about Andrew is he does not panic. I've, I've never gotten the sense from him that he panics. So even if he's sitting there worried about his job security, um, which I don't think he should be right now, but even if he's sitting there worried about that, I still just don't see him making panicked moves. 
Yeah, I guess I could turn it around and say if I'm Kevin, I walk into his office and say, "What, what the hell? What the hell happened, man? I'm gonna be your, I'll be your fall guy if this doesn't work, and I'm, I'm, I'm not left with much here." Yeah, I could see Kevin saying something like, you know, okay, so I'm back to deciding whether I need to start PJ Walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson on Sunday. That's how this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, much. and also, yeah. also, you know, now maybe we have to start Cedric Tillman, even though he's been inactive the last few weeks. So, you know, yeah, the head coach has to view things a little differently than the GM sometimes. So, who do we start this week? <laughs> Oh, man, I wish I knew. Um, I think it was interesting that Kevin didn't just come out and say that P.J. Walker was his backup again this week, meaning the guy who would start if Deshaun Watson doesn't go. Uh, I think a lot of times with with Kevin especially, sometimes it's about what he doesn't say, or if he does say something that surprises you, he, you know, it's never by accident uh, or very rarely by accident. So I don't think that it was an accident that a week after he was very definitive that P.J. Walker was going to be his starting quarterback and Deshaun wasn't going to play, he didn't come out and say that it would be P.J. if Deshaun didn't go this week. So he definitely left the door open to go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, you know, initially when people call in and they'd be like, oh, how about DDR? I was like, well, we saw everything we need to see with him. and and But I've had some time and I've reflected a little bit on it. But really it's more the fact that the Ravens' defense has been so good that I'm like, all right. And we always know the Ravens' defense is good, Dan, but they, they're the number one scoring defense in the NFL right now. Like, we have to give them some credit. Two hours' notice to then take on the number one defense in the NFL, it was a really tall task to begin with. Yeah, that's your hope. Your hope is if you go back to DTR, it's because of the situation, it's because of the defense you played. I mean, the Ravens even looked, even made C.J. Stroud, you know, he yes. struggled in his first start, and that was obviously his very first start, but, um, you know, he struggled against them. So that's kind of your hope. That's what you're going to talk yourself into if they go back to Dorian Thompson or Robinson is that a week of preparation, knowing he's the starter. That's the approach they have to take if they're going to go back to him. They can't go to him and say, this is going to be a will he, won't he with Deshaun. If they're going to start Dorian, Kevin needs to do what he did last week and say on Wednesday, Dorian Thompson Robinson is our starting quarterback this week. Dan Lobby joining us here in overtime with Jonathan Pittle. And Dan, uh, how do we get here with Donovan Peoples-Jones now in Detroit? It was it was just a weird year for him. And it's funny because he had a good training camp. He was coming off of a strong year uh, last year, his best year as a pro. But also I think sometimes we talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones a little more than what he was. I, I think he's a good player. Obviously he was a fine for where he was drafted, but this is not a guy that ever put up huge numbers statistically. He's not a guy that gets a lot of separation. And you start to look at the wide receiver room a little bit, and you want, you know, you've got Amari Cooper. Obviously, he kind of brings everything to the table. You're hoping to get Elijah Moore going. Maybe this will open up some outside opportunities for Elijah Moore to be to be more of a route runner and be more of a traditional receiver than, than some of the gadgety stuff they've been trying with him. I just think ultimately they looked at it like Donovan's not getting a bunch of targets. He's kind of, you know, he's not like a necessary piece to this offense. So they decided to go and recoup the draft pick, but a little disappointing it didn't work out for him because it felt like he had some momentum after last season so what now for the wide receivers uh, obviously we've brought up you know cedric tillman and him just not being around basically uh, david bell had a play in seattle but i i, I don't know what to make with a lot of these guys right now even elijah moore i i kept talking about that play he made in the final drive the third and seven in the indie game but i'm like ah, i've been less than impressed there amari's great amari's always amari but it, it, this feels like a tough wide receiver room to win with dan yeah, I, I actually am concerned, and I don't know that I would have traded Donovan. Uh, you know, I understand maybe wanting that asset back, but I, I probably wouldn't have made that move because I think you need guys you can count on. And again, I know he hasn't done a lot this year, 
but at least you know what he is. At least you know what he's capable of being. And now, it, let, let's say Cedric Tillman comes up and he's just not ready. And, and you mentioned it. David Bell hasn't really done a whole lot in his two years. After Amari Cooper, it's a lot of question marks. You can look at every single one of those receivers and wonder what they're going to give you. And if Elijah Moore doesn't really get going here, you're looking at one receiver and then a bunch of guys behind him. And if somebody gets hurt or if you don't get production out of those guys, now you're really asking questions about this receiving core and probably asking, wait, why did you subtract again at the deadline instead of adding? Uh, you know, this is kind of a, an inflection point for this receiving core. Uh, over to the defense, Dan, uh, a bright spot. Uh, you know, we've been waiting. We, I feel like we've been waiting years to have moments where we'd see Miles Garrett come up with big-time plays and, like, big-time moments. We always saw him make big-time plays, but not necessarily in big-time moments. Why is it this year... And Jim Schwartz might just be the answer, but why is it this year in the most important times, whether that was the play against even Geno Smith this last weekend or the sack against Joe Burrow as well, why does it seem like in the most important times Miles has been able to come alive? So I think there's two things, and the one, the answer is Jim Schwartz. Um, you know, they hired Jim Schwartz in part to maximize Miles Garrett. That's sort of like when you hire an offensive coordinator to maximize what your quarterback can be. That's sort of how they view Jim Schwartz, to, uh, to bring him in and see if he can maximize what Miles Garrett can be. Uh, but also, you know, look, there's been distractions, right? He had the car accident. Uh, he had the helmet incident. He got COVID one year. But Miles Garrett has been on an upward trajectory throughout his career here. And this was kind of the next big step. I know there were a lot of people that sometimes didn't want to say it, but, you know, Miles making these huge plays and big moments, that was the next and kind of final step for him. So you see the huge game against Indianapolis when the defense was struggling. He just said, I'm going to take over, and he did. And then uh, that sack at the end and on third down that took Seattle out of field goal range, that probably should have been like the game ceiling moment for him. So, yeah, to see him making these big plays, I think this is the next step for Miles, and we've just seen that slow progression throughout his career here. Do you feel like there's any cracks in this defense, or do you feel like they're as good as advertised? I don't know if they were necessarily as good as they were playing early in the year, and I think we've seen them take a little bit of a step back against Indy and then you know a little bit against Seattle, even though they righted the ship there. You know, look, they were playing at historic levels. They were playing at a level early in the season where it was, are we watching the 2000 Ravens? Are we watching mm-hmm. the 85 Bears? I don't know that, that they're going to get back to that level, but I think it was really encouraging to see them rally against Seattle after a tough start. Now, you want to call yourself the best defense in the world, you got to get off the field there and, and make sure Seattle doesn't score that, game, that go-ahead touchdown. And Martin Emerson basically said that after the game. Um, you know, they've got to get off the field there and get that stop, even if they, they were put in a tough position. But I think this defense is going to be okay. I even think the Baltimore game was a little overrated how bad they were. They actually, I mean, they allowed seven yards in the third quarter of that game. So for the most part, when they've struggled, they've managed to kind of figure it out and get back on track. Uh, away from the Browns, just in the AFC North, uh, I think Joe Burrow had an, an amazing week this past week. I think he looked as good as I've ever seen him play this past week. I'd say he's back. And then the Ravens, I wasn't scared of the Ravens going into this year, Dan, but you look up and now they got this great defense and you can expect them to have a great defense, but, uh, Lamar and this offense, I just, it's, it's clicking. Something happened over the previous couple weeks. I, I'm getting a little worried here, Dan. I never know what to make of the Ravens coming into a season. I, you know, I love Lamar Jackson, <laughs> but I think it's, Safe to say, and you could think this certainly before this season, but now I think we have some evidence that Greg Roman offense was just getting stale and it wasn't working anymore there. Yeah, yeah. And now they bring in, they bring in Todd Munkin. He's opened it up and Lamar, you know, he's, he's playing like an MVP again. 
The only question with him is can he stay healthy? He's obviously had the injury issues the last couple of years. But um, it's that's a scary, scary. I mean, even Jadavion Clowney's playing well for them. So they're yeah. kind of doing everything right over there in Baltimore right now. And like you said, man, Joe, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, he looks healthy. That's a team that's rallied from slow starts before. So the Browns have to get through Arizona, and then they go to Baltimore, and then they host Pittsburgh. And I don't know if that's their season but it's pretty close to their season in those two weeks. Wow, that's fascinating. Dan, great insight as always. Appreciate you. We'll catch up with you a little bit later. And uh, if I throw up, I'm not going to send you a photo of it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I, listen, it is, it's what you got to do as a runner. It's part of going through the process. Embrace you know, the process. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm a big process guy. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a process over result guy, though, so if it doesn't work out, I did my best. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. All right. Good stuff right there. Uh, yeah, I, you know, not a great sell for the running community, if I'm being honest about Like, that's, uh, I, that's not a great sell. Hey, when you throw up, you know you're doing it right. I'm like, oh, oh, man. He's right, though. He's right. He's right. All right, I'm going to, that's it. I'm going to start mixing it up a little bit. I'm going to start doing, I've been, I've been a little easy on myself. I mean, listen, I'm sweating bullets at the end of these, uh, little half hour runs that I've been doing. Uh, I've been taking it easy on myself, though. I need, uh, I need to up it up a little bit. Maybe just go for three miles instead of two in a certain day. We'll get there. I'm trying, guys. I had a kid eight months ago. I bought a house. You guys hear me on night shows uh, and all throughout CBS Sports Radio on the weekend. We're doing a lot of things right now. It's all right that I let myself go a little bit. Trying to get back to it. All right, two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Let's get back to the Browns here. I actually I appreciate that Dan was where I'm at with this as well, and that it just it is a little disappointing. It's, it's the right way to put it. It's a little disappointing. Are you guys disappointed the Browns didn't make a significant move at the deadline? We'll do that and more next. It's overtime with Jonathan Pittman here with you on the fan. That's where I am with the Browns. I, honestly, I just, I, I don't understand. I'm just very confused. I don't think it's a slap in the face to the fans. I don't, I just, I just don't know why I'm supposed to believe that this team is doing everything in its powers to win big this year. Maybe in the future, but for this year, it feels like they all think that they're safe. That you guys are giving them a pass since Deshaun got injured and that when Deshaun gets back, it'll all be about moving forward. You know, someone on, on Reddit, the NFL Reddit page, they had this today. It was about uh, how uh, the Browns have used up 28% of Deshaun Watson's contract so far. 28%. Did you guys know the number was that high? In my mind, it feels like Deshaun just got here yesterday. But we used up 28% of our contract with Deshaun already? That's crazy high. We've got nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing to show for it. And I think that's part of why I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm just a little upset about how it all went down today. I, it's like, it's like curb your enthusiasm. When he has to wear the sandwich board that says, I steal forks at restaurants. I want to make Andrew Barry stand in the corner wearing a sandwich board saying, I did nothing at the trade deadline. I just, I can't believe it. I, I know he's not wheeling, dealing John Dorsey. I know he's not the, the, you know, the king of making trades, uh, but he makes enough of them. He makes enough of them, and he's a part of enough of them, and he's an aggressive enough GM that I, I I can't understand it. Does he just think that his job is safe? And maybe you guys think it is too, and maybe that's why it's all you know hunky dory for him. I just I don't know. I, I have such urgency attached to this front office, and really Stefanski. Stefanski's got to be the one that's mad about this all because Stefanski's going to end up being the fall guy if they don't get this thing together. And if Deshaun Watson comes back, but they don't make the postseason and Watson looks so-so, Stefanski's the fall guy. He's the one that's got to be mad. 
I mean, he did a very professional thing yesterday when the media asked him, hey, do you want to you want any uh, reinforcements at the deadline? He's like, well, that's Andrew's call. That's not my call. You know, I like the team that we have. And it's like, to hell you like the team that we currently have. They're a great defense. I really like the defense. I'm not saying anything bad about them. But you're, you're on your backup to the backup running back. You're on a wide receiving core that I didn't trust from Jump Street to begin with anyway, but now you just got rid of Donovan Peoples-Jones. When we were talking about the top three for this team initially, when we first landed Elijah Moore, it was Amari Cooper, DPJ off an 800-yard season, and then Elijah Moore. So now Elijah Moore is supposed to become the number two, and then what, Cedric Tillman's supposed to be the number three? David Bell is, who's supposed to be the number three? David Bell and Cedric Tillman have both been on uh, milk cartons. Hell, I was talking to my boss earlier today, and in my brain, I swapped out what Cedric Tillman and David Bell have been doing because they've been so blah, just there. I was like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. None of it makes sense to me. And so I, I just, I understand if you're upset, and I want to hear from you. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Are you upset the Browns didn't make a significant move move at the deadline? We had uh, Dan Lobby on there. Zach Jackson was on earlier today. This is what Zach had to say about the wide receivers. In case you don't believe it, for me, would they ideally like to add another receiver? Sure. They have to admit that this group is not good enough. But I, I you know, a they're not big on admitting. But more importantly than that, they've put a ton of resources into this receiving group. This was supposed to be a three and four wide, wide open, spread it out offense. So we did see Njoku get involved in how they wanted to use him. And again, we, we we've seen him move it the what has to be the entirety of the playbook. But man, you know, this wide receiver group just isn't good enough. I mean, this was before the deadline that he made that move. I I, I can't imagine what he'd say now. Zach's probably sitting there waiting to bet some college football, college baseball uh, games. College baseball, I'm throwing in there because at uh, the time I went golfing with Zach, he just bet college baseball games, and I loved it. He's probably betting Maction right now and thinking to himself, what the hell? How did we get here? I really thought something was coming today, guys, from a wide receiver or running back standpoint. I knew it wasn't coming from a quarterback standpoint, and maybe it was just wishful thinking. But how can you be so stubborn if you're Andrew Barry? How can you be so arrogant if you're Andrew Barry? It's a combination of the two to think that, David Bell and Cedric Tillman and all these other guys that you drafted are going to pay off in spades. Like, the time is now to be winning. This defense you can't just let go. The time is now to be winning. Win with this team. My goodness, you win with this team. There's not a team that you can't win with if you got Deshaun Watson rolling then. You can shore everything up in the offseason. Win with this team and press us. They're 4-3. and three. Cardinals aren't the toughest team in the world, should be able to take care of that. But the Steelers aren't an easy out, as we know. The Ravens, I think, are playing as good a football as anybody in the entire NFL. The Broncos just beat the Chiefs this past weekend. So the idea that we're just going to go ahead and roll into mile high and take care of Denver as if it's like a walk in the park, that one's out the window. There's just, this has been tough for me, guys. I know it's been tough for you guys as well. I just I can't explain it. I can't make sense of this one. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Chuck up next. Hello, Chuck. Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, Chuck, how's it going tonight? Oh man, everything is groby. Hey, listen to me, man. Mm-hmm. For one, you got to stop believing your lies and the fake news. Stefanski ain't on no hot seat. Barry ain't on no hot seat. Y'all made that up at the beginning of the year, okay? How is Stefanski not on a hot seat? Y'all just made that up. 
ain't nobody on no hot seat. Where, 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 where did you get that from? What part of four and three took him off a hot seat? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. If we were, if, if you flipped the record around, if we was three and four or whatever, where do you get that they're on a hot no, 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 no. seat? I you, mean, we're not, we're not supposed to judge Stefanski based off of PJ Walker. We're supposed to judge him off of Deshaun Watson. He's done listen, diddly squat listen, with Deshaun listen. Watson. They, they have never been on a hot seat. Y'all just, Came out of nowhere and said, no, Chuck, the fans Chuck, don't win this year. You can't, that's because you can't go 11 wins, down to 8 wins, down to 7 wins, and then be simpatico. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You go from 11 okay, to well 8 to 7, you tell, you're on a hot seat. Wait a minute, hold, hold, come on, man, wait a minute, wait a minute. You all... You don't believe that? No, I don't believe it. If you're not on, if you're not on the hot seat, and everybody says you're on the hot seat, you're believing, you're brainwashing yourself. Can't you see that this ain't going nowhere? We gonna live with it the way it go. Um, because everything they have really done since last year with the quarterback situation has been ridiculous. You, you get Brissett, name him the starter. You got Dobbs as the backup, even though Dobbs is more compatible to Watson. Then Watson come back, play like garbage. You get rid of Dobbs. Then Watson starts, and then Dobbs the backup. You get rid of Dobbs and make the fifth-string quarterback the backup. He plays one game, You put and then you put him down, grab a quarterback from the practice squad, Ain't that, ain't that reason to fire you right there? You're making the case that they should or shouldn't. No, I'm just saying, ain't that a reason to fire you right there? Are you talking about Barry I mean, or are you talking about ridiculous. Who are you talking about huh? here, Barry? Barry? No, I'm talking about the way everything is being handled. I'm sorry, Chuck. I'm trying to follow hurt. along. I'm, try, I'm trying to follow along. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Listen, man. Quarterback get hurt. You just don't put him on IR and just leave it at that damn roll with what it is. But the whole thing is they're never on a hot seat. I don't know why y'all keep saying. So how many years do you uh, give him, Chuck? Tell me that. How many years do you give him? Um, oh, he would have been fired last year. He would have been fired last year. All of them. So wait, you're going the other direction. So he's not on the hot seat because he should have been fired. No, no, listen to me. He, I would have fired him last year, okay? It ain't even about being on the hot seat. What are we arguing about? No, what I'm telling you is you keep feeling and believing that they're on a hot seat and they're not on a hot seat. Okay, okay. I I think I follow now. Okay. So what I I believe and what you believe is way different than what Jimmy has. Your job is in jeopardy. And their jobs are not in jeopardy. Chuck, you've been following the Browns for how many years now? For a very long time, right? My whole life. Your whole life. And so you've known, as long as Jimmy Haslam's owned the team, the moment you start game one, you're on the hot seat in that man's eyes. That man, he fires people for just walking the street the wrong direction. No, Always on no, the hot no, seat no. with see, that man. See, if he did, Always on they the hot would, seat they would have man. been gone. This this organization no, this would have been trying to, This is him trying to, trying to come it back down. No, see, you really want to believe, you really want to believe your brainwash that they're on a hot well, seat and they're not. I might be, but they're I don't. Not. Chuck, I'll let you go here, man. I appreciate you. I, I might be brainwashed, but I listen, I don't know how you got taken off the hot seat. And someone explain that to me. How'd you get taken off the hot seat when all you've done is go, you're four and three. You're not, you're not six and one. You're four and three. And the majority of those games, sorry, half of the games that you've won has been with PJ Walker. I'm not judging you based off of PJ Walker. I'm judging you based off of Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm judging you off of. Your whole job, if you're Deshaun Watson, 
you could absolutely screw up everything down to what meal they uh, feed the guys in the post game and all sorts of other really stupid nonsensical stuff. You screw up everything. But if you get Deshaun Watson to play like the old Deshaun Watson, you'll have a job for the next 10 years. You'll have the job for as long as you want it. But if you can't get Deshaun Watson there, then you can be a football whisperer when it comes to 99.9% of the team. If you can't get Deshaun Watson where he needs to be, you're going to be out the door. That's, I think, the, the main focus here is a lot of people in three weeks have taken Stefanski off the hot seat or you've all of a sudden cooled on Stefanski or whatever whatever you want to tell yourself. It's fine. Listen, you guys know I I like Stefanski. Okay, I do. I like Stefanski. But the defense of Stefanski for three weeks has made zero sense to me because the defense of Stefanski is based off the idea that what he did with P.J. Walker matters. What he's done with P.J. Walker matters diddly squat. It matters, it matters nothing in the big picture. The big picture is what did you do with Deshaun Watson? That's what matters. And the hard part for me and for a lot of people right now is that grade is an incomplete because we haven't seen Deshaun Watson out there enough. But what we have seen out with Deshaun Watson has not been good enough to say Deshaun that all of a sudden uh, Stefanski gets another extension or gets to write out his contract or whatever other nonsense you want to make up. And at some point, we got to become hip to the idea that I can't just keep making excuses for Stefanski and saying, well, that's unfair that that happened. That's unfair. That, and now we're going to go three years in a row. And, oh, it's unfair. Baker had his injury. Oh, it's unfair that you had to give a half a season away because Deshaun Watson got suspended. Oh, it's unfair that Deshaun Watson now is injured. How many years in a row can we just say it's unfair? This is the NFL. I can't keep making up things for a decade to go ahead and have a guy uh, be a head coach. That's not how that works. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Are you upset the Browns didn't make a significant move at the deadline? If you're hanging, hang tight. I'll get you coming up on the other side. I promise you that. That is a promise from me to you. Also, we get the fan focus at nine. And what exactly did the college football playoff committee? How did they justify Ohio State at number one? I agree with Ohio State at number one, but what did they say about that? We'll have that as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Pittman here with you on the fan. I like all types of candy. And so I'm happy. I got a whole bunch of candy waiting for me at home. Not great for me trying to get in shape, but you know what? It's Halloween. We'll be all right. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Bill in Los Angeles up next. Hello, Bill. How you doing? Hey, greetings Bill. from sunny, warm Los Angeles. Ah, greetings from thirty five degree and cold Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, you win that battle. Earlier. Yeah, yeah, you win that they battle. Let me, they let me in on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm not mad at the Browns right now for not trading anything. This team is 4-3. They're in the they're in the bottom playoff position, and they've got an easy schedule coming up in front of them. They've got a lot of very winnable games. I don't know that it's as easy as we think it is now, though. Bill, like, take a step back for just a, just a second, though. Right? Like, okay. the, Cardinals, the Cardinals should be easy, right? But the yep. Ravens are awesome at this point. The Steelers are a yep. tough out. We can all agree on that. We're going to beat the Steelers because it's payback time. Uh, I don't know that that's a given, Bill. I'm not calling it a given, but I, we're going to win. The Ravens, uh, I, I would have that as a loss. We're going to beat the Cardinals, beat the Ravens, beat the Steelers. Um, we're going to beat the Bengals again because we own them. You got the, you got Jacksonville in there as well. They're not easy, as easy as we – I mean, the Jacksonville's one of the best teams in the AFC right now. I have a loss against them. They're now on a four-game winning streak. They're four-game winning streak entering the Steelers game, so that's a five-game winning streak. Uh, The Texans game with C.J. Stroud is harder than we thought. The Jets keep Uh, winning. Zach Wilson's got more game-winning drives than anybody in football right now, which is insane, but that defense is awesome. Uh, It's it's not as easy as we once thought, Bill. 
I'm I'm just looking at who we're playing and our defense. Yeah. And they're going to keep us in games. Okay. I'm okay. not down on Stefanski because what's happened is he's managed this team that arguably has a, a discombobulated offense to a four and three record. Arguably, it should have been five and two if he had just ran the ball on third down at the end of that game, which really irked the hell out of me instead of throwing it. Mm-hmm. When our guys are averaging, you know, four or four and a half yards to carry, run the ball and we get a first down and salt the game away and we're five and two. My biggest complaint with Stefanski is I wish he would stop calling plays and let his offensive coordinator call plays and become a head coach and a game manager and focus on that. It's not going to happen. And we, I think we both know that, Bill. It's not going to happen because he, he is so convinced. This is the ego part of it. He is so convinced that's what he is best at in football. He's never going to let that go. I'm telling you now, he's never going to let it go. And that's the hubris that will probably get him fired. It might. It might. Unfortunately. It might. It might. You know, I just, I love this team. I think they've got so much potential. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm not convinced Watson is the, the real deal because he really hasn't shown us anything yet. Out of the seven or eight games he's played, it's been kind of mediocre at best. That's fair. I just I haven't seen that flash that says, "Yeah, this is the guy that we can you know put our confidence and trust in." It's just not there, and I don't know if it's mental or if it's truly physical because he didn't play for ostensibly two years. I don't know. Yeah, but no, very fair. And yeah, I, I gotta let you go here. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Um, sorry to cut you off there at the end. Very fair. Fair points across the board. There's no doubt about that. Fair points. I just, I, I look at what's going on right now with this Browns team and it's kind of sad because he mentioned the potential and I'm like, there's potential out the ass with this team. And they're fun. That's the other side of this. I hate, I mean, I want to hate what happened at the deadline and I do hate what happened at the deadline and doing basically nothing, but this Browns team is fun. They're fun to watch every single weekend and you never get that sense that you're just out of a game. With this Browns team. We're not showing up and there's an auto loss on the schedule or anything like that. Well, we're taking on Jacksonville December 10th. Jacksonville's one of the best teams right now in the AFC. The prince that was promised, Trevor Lawrence, is balling like crazy week in, week out. And you're like, yeah, we're right there. We're fine. Even the Ravens game, November 12th. I think the Ravens right now are, if you made me choose one team to come out of the AFC, I might choose Baltimore right now. That's how good they've been playing. Like, if, if this, if this, uh, a random sim was happening tomorrow where we simmed out all the games and, and just had it, everything play out based off of what we've seen in the previous couple weeks. Baltimore would have to be my choice. That's how good they've been. I don't think it'll end that way. Weird 2019 Baltimore vibes. They started 2-2, two and two, then won 12 straight games. But then, as we know, Lamar won only what one, one playoff game in his entire career so far. He's got to have postseason success at some point. They paid him a lot of money to have postseason success. But... There's a lot here. This Browns team is so fun. Every single game that they're in, we we know they have a chance. With P.J. Walker, you shouldn't have a chance. They do. They're fun. I just hate that it feels like I'm mad at the GM right now. And in turn, I'm looking around and I, I'm just trying to cast blame to basically everyone in the GM's orbit. And maybe Kevin Stefanski is taking too many strays in this discussion because of it. But I just I'm disappointed today. I'm very disappointed. I wanted reinforcements, and I wanted reinforcements because I know how good this defense is, and I know where this team can go if we just had a little bit of help. I think some people are getting this confused. I think they're getting confused, my anger, my disappointment, my how upset I am with me thinking that this team is trash and we should wave the white flag, and that's just not true. That's just not true. I, I just 
it's because I think this team is right there that I get mad when it seems like they don't push all the chips in the middle of the table and they don't go for it. It's because I know how good this defense is, and I know what a premier running back or wide receiver would do to this roster, and especially this offense with P.J. Walker, Deshaun Watson, DTR, whoever's the quarterback. 216474 to below 92. So it just gets me a little upset. I just want the best for this team, and they are failing in that aspect for me today. They're getting an F-minus grade for me today. Doesn't mean they're getting an F-minus grade for the rest of the year. Just for today, I wanted some action. I wanted some activity. Give me a pulse, something. Jeff in Cleveland up next. Hello, Jeff. JP, you you hit the nail on the head, JP. Nobody expected us to be 5-2 today, okay? Not even Stefanski. Well, we're four and two. We never expected the Walker to be in a position to take the team three wins in a row. He wasn't expecting that. I think Stefanski dropped the ball, man. He just was his play skill for Walker to be uh, behind 14 points in the fourth quarter. This guy is the only guy I know does everything wrong. The only thing he does right is win, Walker, that is. Mr. Burchett. He can't say he's the wall. He makes all the throws, but he couldn't pile up any wins. Yeah, and he had that interception in the Chargers game. He had the interception in that Falcons game. Like, right. A lot of interceptions yeah. and bad times for Brissett. And I, it's weird how people just seem like they've forgotten that. Let's go with this guy, Walker. He seems like he can, He at least he can win. We know he can win. Yeah, That's but, what we want. But, Jeff, and I appreciate you. You're breaking up on me, man. I do appreciate you. I just... We'll beat the Cardinals with anybody. I believe that. I'm not I'm not saying we're going to beat the Cardinals. Cardinals can win. I'm saying we have the ability to beat the Cardinals with Michael Bohm as quarterback, okay? We, we can beat them with just about anybody because I do believe our defense is so good, and I do believe we have a good enough all-around team, in the, and everything seems to be in the right place for this Brown squad. I'm not going to use the culture word. I'm not using that word. We're winning with backup quarterbacks. I'm not using that word. But... Yeah, would I have more confidence if it wasn't PJ Walker? Yeah. From PFF, he is the third out of, I'm sorry, he's the uh, worst quarterback in each week for the third straight week. The the absolute worst. There's there's nobody worse. Think of the worst quarterbacks. Think about where we are with quarterbacks right now in the, in the NFL, and then think about how PJ Walker is the absolute worst. Like, I was going to do something about this a little bit later on, but let's go ahead and just do it right now for you guys. 11 backup quarterbacks played significant snaps on Sunday. 11. Tommy DeVito. Will Levis. Is it Bryce Ripien? Ripen? I never know how to say his last name. He was involved. Jaron Hall. Josh Dobbs. Tyson. I, I always call, we call him Baguette now because of, uh, uh, all our research and Tyson Bajet the other day that ended up, uh, really, that was a lot of wasted material by our crack production staff to find out that he went to Shepherd University. His dad's an arm wrestling champ, all those type of things. Boom. We wasted a lot of research on Shepherd University with Tyson there. That's okay. His last name sounds French. It does. The Baguette. Beignet. The Baguette. Tyson Beignet. <laughs> the reality is though, think about it. Think about some of the matchups we're going to have this week as well. 12 of the 32 opening day quarterbacks could be on the sidelines this upcoming weekend. You have riveting matchups like Jalen Hall versus Taylor Heineke and other riveting matchups like Tommy DeVito versus Aiden O'Connell and the Giants and the Raiders in a my eyes 
are hope to be burned out of my sockets by the time we get to that game. Jesus. It's ridiculous. I don't love where quarterbacking is in the NFL right now. In fact, you can make an argument that quarterbacking in the NFL has been as bad as it is right now as it's ever been. So many older quarterbacks retired in the previous couple years. We have a lot of new, younger quarterbacks, and there's a weird little logjam attached with all of it. We have a bad quarterback problem. And in all of that, P.J. Walker has been the worst of the bunch in the previous three games. The abs- And not even close. It hasn't even been like by a smidge. He's been the worst. We got to get that up. And if I'm going to give Stefanski credit, I got to give him credit for an offense because that's what he's supposed to do best. Leave that there, but come on back. We got the fan focus. We got to get to the Cannon Lima fight because uh, I did not get to comment on that one yet. We'll get to the fan focus. Daryl Ryder at 920. But first, Nick and Dustin had this to say. And at this point, like, I'll actually, I'll be honest with you, I got to defend Kevin Stefanski. I've been defending him this week. I mean, people wanted to, like, the guy fired for the third and three call, but I'm like, the guy's coached his ass off. All right, you'll hear how the two of them defend Kevin Stefanski and more in the fan focus when we come on back. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you on the fan. 